start this morning by asking you this question. Have you ever desperately, desperately desired something that you don't have or something that you've lost? I'm talking about desperately. And I'm not talking about material things. I'm not talking about a brand new Porsche. I'm not talking about a, a bayside home on the peninsula because those sort of things don't last very long. They fade away. I'm talking about spiritual things. Have you ever desired something spiritual that you would really, really want in your life? Put up your hand if you've done that. Okay, quite many of you. What about desiring joy in your life? where you just carry the spirit of joy in your life wherever you go, that you just have peace upon you. No matter what your circumstances, you just have joy. Do you know what the difference between happiness and joy is? Joy is when you are happy under all circumstances. Even when things are bad, that's what joy is because your hope is in the Lord. What about joy? You know, I remember in South Africa uh, many years ago, uh, we had a team come to our church uh, they were called lay ministry teachers, I think, and they were coming to minister at church. And one of the guys that was there was a 25-year-old. They were with us for a week, and myself and my wife hosted him. And he had this joy thing going on. I was a new Christian, right? And it was weird for me. He was too happy. He was just too joyful all the time. I thought that there's something fake about this guy. He's just too happy. And I thought for sure by Wednesday he's going to be like grumpy old whatever. He didn't. This guy just was contagious, and it made me realize the joy of the Lord is real. I don't want some of that. I really want some of that because these spiritual things are so much better than the material things. But very seldom do we desire them. What about wisdom? Has anybody really yearned for wisdom? Has anybody want desperately? Solomon, you know, Solomon, God said to Solomon, he said, Solomon, you're king, what do you want? Solomon said, God, give me wisdom so I can lead your people. And God said, I'm impressed. I'm impressed with you. Because all the other kings said, make me rich and give me lots of gold and give me victory over all my enemies. And while Solomon said, I want wisdom to lead your people. And so what did God say? He said, not only am I going to give you wisdom, but I'm going to make you the wisest man on earth. And on top of that, I'm going to give you everything that you haven't asked for. I'm going to make you the richest man on earth. What does the word of God say? It says, seek you first the kingdom of God and all these other things will be added to you. When you seek the spiritual gifts, everything else will be added onto you. Some of you have negative thoughts all the time, so in negative thinking. Have you ever yearned to be a positive thinking person? Were you just positive about everything? What about your relationships? Some of you have broken relationships. Have you desperately yearned for your relationship to be restored? This morning we're going to be reading some scripture that's going to help us. Please turn with me to Matthew 7, 7 to 11. Matthew 7, 7 to 11. I'm sure many of you know the scripture. 
Matthew 7, 7 to 11. And God gives us the keys into gaining the spiritual desires that we have. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, in a sinful nature state, know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Um, do you mind giving me some water? Is there a water bottle somewhere? Thank you so much. Now let me give you the helicopter view of this really, really important scripture. Jesus is saying, I have in my hands an abundance of blessings, an abundance of solutions that you need that you can obtain and take hold of if you follow my pattern of teaching. You can take hold of every spiritual blessing that you want if you follow the pattern of Jesus' teaching. Jesus is saying, prayer is of paramount importance. Prayer is like spiritual air that we breathe that sustains us. Prayer is what allows you to enter into the throne room of God with confidence. Prayer is of paramount importance. If anything is important in your spiritual life, prayer is it. And yet, so often when I speak to people, I find out that prayer is of a low value. We have um, foundations courses, as was uh, told to you earlier. We do foundation courses once a week. Two weeks ago, um, we did the foundation course of prayer. And um, there was a teaching. There was a little clip on this teaching. I'd never heard it before. Um, those of you that do foundations with me all know what it's about. Uh, it was a teaching. Not, it's not my teaching. It's somebody else's teaching. But I just think it's so worth for me to say it. Basically, this is what it was. Jesus would wake up every single morning before everybody else, before the dawn broke, and he would go and spend four to five hours in prayer in solitude on his own. So while everybody else is sleeping, Jesus, the one that you least think needs it, is the one who's doing it the most. Jesus is the one who's in communion with God for four to five hours. After his prayer time, he would come down get his disciples, and go to the people. And then the people would come to him. Thank you so much. The people would come to him with their needs, with their, with their healings that they needed, with their demons to be casted out, and it would take him not more than one minute to cast it out. So look at this. Four hours in prayer, one minute to cast out. Four hours in prayer, one minute to cast out. What we do is one minute in prayer, 
and four hours to, to try and cast something out. There's a demon there. Come with your cup. You get out, demon. You get out, demon. Four hours later, you get out, demon. Oh, you get out, demon. We wonder why nothing changes. We wonder why nothing's breaking free. We wonder why the strongholds are not dead. Because we don't pray. Prayer is where the power source comes from. When you charge your phone, your phone will not work unless you've plugged it in and recharged it. You're plugged into the power of God when you're in prayer. You're plugged into the one who loves you. You're plugged in into a relationship with him. Something has to change within us. We have to start getting it right. Jesus said, ask, seek, and knock. Well, this morning I want to look at these three verbs and just go through each one and see what God has in store for us. If you're taking notes this morning, you can entitle your message, It's Yours for the Taking. It's yours for the taking. The first verse, are you with me, church? The first verse, verb, is ask. Ask for what you don't have. Every one of us have stuff that we don't have, that we want. Ask for what you don't have. And this word, ask, is something we kind of like commonly we think of as like, you know, I'm... I'm I'm requiring something for somebody, so I'll just ask you if you've got it. We, we think of ask in that way. But we need to think more in terms of Greek. The, the, the New Testament was written in Greek, right? The whole Testament, New Testament was written in Greek. And the word ask in Greek is, is there's two words for ask. One is eteo, eteo, and the other one's atero. Atero means exactly what we think it means, where I just ask you for something, I'm just inquiring for something for you. But the word ask, seek, and knock is atu. And this is what atu means. It means to inquire with urgency, with desperation, to beg, to call, to crave, to desire, and to require. When you ask, do you cry out to God? Do you beg God for the breakthrough? Do you crave for the, for the breakthrough? It also means something even broader than that. It means uh, the word ask suggests that the one you're asking has the authority to give you what you desire. All you need is the faith for it to take place. Jesus said, you have not because you ask not. We don't even ask. We're so busy working things out ourselves in our own strength. Whenever we come against a problem, we even forget to ask in a common sense of the word. We're like, well, what can I do to fix this problem? Who, what, what friend can I call on? Who, who can give me a loan to help me out? We don't even ask. But Jesus wants us to go even deeper than just asking. Jesus emphasizes the need when you ask to be persistent in what you ask. You know, there's a saying that I'm sure many of you have heard. It says this, it's not how you start that counts, but how you finish. Have you heard that before? 
I love sayings like that because they give you kind of like a hope or a, an idea. Like, I mean, if I've started bad and I, and I know my life is not good, it gives me sort of confidence or hope to go, okay, well, I want to finish well. I want to do well. But the problem with something like this is it doesn't tell me how to apply it. How do I apply finishing well? What do I do? The secret to finishing well in life is this, consistency and persistency. If you are consistent and persistent in everything that you do in life, you will be successful in your life. If you're consistent about getting to work on time and you are on th- and every single day you're on time and you are consistent in that, you will rise up through the, 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 because people see it. If you are consistent in your marriage and you're constantly telling your wife or your husband how much you love them and bring them gifts or, to, you know, not where you do it and then it sort of tapers off. But if you are consistent, you will be successful in your, in your, in your relationships. If you are persistent with, with the things that you want... Yesterday we were doing something and my son said, it just wasn't working. My son said, oh, dad, let's just leave it. We'll do it tomorrow. I said, son, if we don't do it today, it's not going to happen tomorrow either. You have to be persistent. You have to keep on going until you get it. Keep on going until you get it. That's how you get successful in your life. That's how you finish well. And Jesus is saying, more than anything, Consistency and persistency in prayer is the key. How often do you pray? Be consistent. Pray daily. That's what it says. Pray daily, pray daily, pray daily. Set it up in your life where you're praying daily. Are you persistent in your prayer? Do you keep on asking? Or do you go, nah, it's not working. Or do you keep on asking, desiring the thing that you want? Jesus teaches us two parables that, that, that confirm this kind of concept and idea. And I know you've heard them, so I'm just going to paraphrase. The first one is the man who wants bread from his neighbor. Somebody, a visitor comes to him at, in the middle of the night, and, and he doesn't have anything to feed him. So he goes to his neighbor who knows he's got bread, and he starts knocking on the door, and it's like 1 a.m. already. He's knocking, please, neighbor, I need some bread. I've got a visitor. And the, and the neighbor says, get away from me. I'm asleep. All my kids and my family are asleep. I'm not coming down. And he keeps on knocking, and the, the moral of the story eventually goes, oh, I'm not going to get any sleep unless I just give this man bread. And then there's another one about a, an unjust judge and a woman who wants justice, and she comes every day to the gate to get justice. And the unjust judge says, he just pushes her aside, says, go away, go away, I don't need it. But she comes back over and over like a dripping tap. You know, the, a dripping tap of water, when it drops and drops and drops, you think that's nothing. You wait and see after one year, it's made a dent in the concrete. You're like a dripping tap, she just keeps on coming back, keeping coming. She keeps on knocking, knocking, knocking. Eventually she goes, oh my goodness, I am not a holy man. I, have, I don't even care about justice, but if this woman does not leave me, she's going to kill me. So he gives her what she wants. And Jesus says, that is the way the kingdom of God works. And, I'm, and you might think to yourself, why does it work like that? I'll tell you. In one region of Africa, the first converts in Christianity were very diligent about praying. In fact, the believers each had their own special place outside the village where they would pray in solitude. 
the villagers reached their prayer rooms by using their own private footpath through the brush. When grass began to grow over one of these trails, it was evident that the person to whom it belonged was not praying very much. Because these new Christians were concerned for each other's spiritual welfare, a unique custom sprang up. Whenever anyone noticed an overgrown prayer path, he or she would go to the person and lovingly warn them, friend, there's grass on your path. There's another key component that Jesus taught us when we ask. He said, when you ask for something, ask as if you've already received it. Believe that you're going to get it. It's something that we need to change. We have to have a, a mind shift change that when we're praying desperately want something, we have to start believing that it's ours. That's what keeps you knocking because it's mine, God. It's mine. You've said to me that the door will be opened if I knock. It's mine. Now give it to me, God. Mark eleven twenty four 24 says, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it. And it will be yours. You know, the true essence of, of this word ask that I believe that Jesus is trying to get us to, to really get into our heads is, is told in the story of Bartimaeus. And this is how the story goes. Then they came to Jericho, and as Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. He was just begging. He needed food. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, Son of God, have mercy on me. What was he doing? Asking. How was he asking? He was crying out for something that he desperately needed. He said, Jesus, have mercy on me. He didn't just sit there and go, oh, you know, Jesus is here. Jesus, please help me. Nobody would have heard him. He was crying out with his heart. So many of us have got deep issues that we need to cry out for. We have deep issues that can be hidden with all the other stuff that we're going on. We just push them aside because we want to deal with them. But God's saying, deal with it and start crying out with it. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet because he was making a noise and he was irritating them. Just be quiet, they said to him. But he carried on. Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called the blind man. They said, cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. I think they were a little bit annoyed with him because he was getting the presence of Jesus. And throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. And the blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus. When did Jesus answer Bartimaeus? Was it on the first time that he shouted, have mercy on me? Was it on the second time? It was on the third time. Knock, knock, knock. When Jesus says, ask, seek, and pray, he actually means pray, pray, pray. Keep on praying. 
Church, it's time for us to cry out with desperation for the things that we don't have. Don't just rattle off your list. You have a prayer list and you just rattle it off. And then you tick the box and say, okay, I've done my prayer. Sometimes we also do things like, we, we, you know, we've, we've been taught how to pray. You know, we've heard other people pray, you know, we, I pray the blood of Jesus over this. And, I pray, and we have these different things that we pray. And actually all Jesus wants to hear is your heart. He doesn't want to hear your wise words as you pray. He wants to hear the crying out of your heart. That is what draws God's attention. That is what gets the things that you want given to you. The second verb is this. Are you, are you guys good? You're very quiet this morning. I know Pastor Paul says this all the time, but you can shout a little bit. You can amen me, okay? You can do it. You can do it. Seek. Seek is the second one. Seek for what you've lost. How did your faith walk begin? I'm guessing it was maybe a little bit like mine. Where when I found Jesus, I was like, what has happened? What has happened to my life? My life was turned upside down when I met Jesus. I was emotional all the time. I was like, whoa, I was on fire for God. I was putting my name down in every single ministry. I was, I was like, you know, sharing the gospel news. I was on fire for God, and I was in love with Jesus. Maybe you were like that too. How is your walk with Jesus today? Is it the same? Or have you lost something along the way? What about your relationships? I'm talking to married people. I'm guessing that when you first met each other, you were like, Woo! I love this person. You just wanted to spend all your time with this person, 24 hours a day. You want to shower them with gifts to show them how much you love them. You know, like, what are we doing today? What are we doing? Oh, I'm so in love. How is your relationship today? Have you lost something along the way? Maybe some of you have lost most of it along the way. Maybe some of you have had a child gone astray. Maybe it's, you know, you just, you just can't seem to reach or to, to, to get that relationship restored. No matter what you do, you just can't seem to get it restored. Maybe some of you have, um, have lost your confidence in yourself. When you were younger, you used to be so confident in yourself, but something has happened along the way and you've lost your self-confidence. Jesus said, seek and you will find. Jesus tells two parables. The first parable is, is the man who, was, who, was, uh, who found a treasure in a field. And when he found the treasure, he hid the treasure again, and he went back and he sold every single thing that he had. He gave it all up, and he went and bought the field so that he could have the treasure. The other one is for a, a pearl merchant, somebody who was looking for pearls, and he was looking for good pearls. And when he found a pearl of great value, he went back and sold everything that he had 
just to have that pearl of great value. And then Jesus goes on to say, this is how the kingdom of heaven is. The kingdom of heaven is like this. I'm telling you, if you're a Christian here, you've already found your treasure. You have already found your great pearl. But maybe along the way you've lost something. What does it say? It says, he went and sold everything for that great pearl, for that treasure. Some of you have been hurt in church and it's hindering you for your relationship. It's hindering you to get back to that place where you are burning for God. Sell it. Sell your pain. Get rid of it. Ask for forgiveness and give forgiveness because it will always hinder you and you will never be on fire for God if you're still holding on to what you thought was yours. It is not your right to keep your pain. Some of you in your relationships, it's not what it used to be because along the way you've been hurt and, and you've been disappointed and I'm telling you now, you already have the pearl, you have the field. Sell your hurt. Sell your disappointments. Get rid of it. Don't hang on to the bitterness. That is the way that you restore what you used to have and enter into a new relationship with the person that has always been there. Seek and you will find I remember um, sorry, third verse, third verb, knock, knock to enter that which has been closed or that has never been opened to you. You know, doors are gateways to places that typically we want to enter into or we want to remain in and be secure in. So we close the door to be secure or we open it to enter. But what if it's been closed to you completely? What if you've been praying for something and it's just, you're just not receiving it? It's, it's just completely closed. Maybe you only knocked once. Maybe you didn't draw the attention of God. But I am telling you that it's almost impossible to resist a door being knocked. Have you ever tried to resist somebody who is knocking on the door? Somebody said, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you that you may resist it once if you think you know who it is at the door. But if that person keeps on knocking, if that person keeps on knocking, you will not be able to help yourself. You will eventually go to the door. You will go to the door. And Jesus says, keep on knocking because I will open it. This is how the kingdom of God works. Keep on knocking. I remember going as a youth pastor in, in New Zealand, some of the parents at church would come and say, oh, I've got a teenage son. He doesn't want to come to church. He doesn't want to know anything about God. Can you come and see him? So part of my duties was going to see kids that didn't want to see me. And I knew it. I knew very well that they would feel awkward when I just arrived at the door because, you know, what are you going to talk about and stuff? But I would honor the parents. And sometimes I'd also do it because sometimes I had great success in doing so. But I remember on this one occasion, I arrive at the time I'm supposed to be there and I knock on the door. And you know when you see the, the curtain 
and somebody's looking through the to see who is there. And then our next one out here, hide, hide, hide. The youth pastor's here. Duck, everybody, duck. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, don't you know I can hear what you say? And they're scuffling around and everything like that. And I thought, oh, geez, this, is, this is so disappointing. But they asked me to come. Obviously, the son got wind that I was coming and he was like, you know, having a tantrum and didn't want didn't, didn't to speak to me. But, you know, something in me, I went, because I thought, okay, well, I better go. I'm going to go. And I thought, no, I'm not going. <laughs> they asked me to come. I'm staying. So I knocked again. And there was some more scuffling. And then I knocked again. And eventually the dad opened the door. I don't know if that turned out good. I can't remember. But what I do know is that the door opened. The door opened. Even though I was somebody that they did not want to see. I was the last person they wanted to see. They opened the door. Knock and the door will be open. Pray, pray, and pray. I said earlier, you may be wondering, why does Jesus, why does God expect us to go through this whole process? Why doesn't he just give us, he knows what our needs are. The word says he knows every need that we have. He knows the desires of our hearts. Why doesn't he just give his children what we want? Why do we have to go through this whole process of asking desperately for the things we want? Why do we have to plead for the things that we want? Why do we have to, to seek out them and find them? Why do we have to knock? I know there's more reasons to this, but I'm going to give you two. The first one is intimacy. What happens when you give everything that your child wants and you just give them everything that they want? Spoiled. As children, we don't really know what's good for us and what's not good for us. When you give your kids every single thing that, you, that they want, you spoil them like, a, like an apple that goes rotten that gets spoiled. Because very soon after getting everything they want, they no longer appreciate what they get. It's no longer a gift or a blessing. And they start to demand as if it's their right. That's what happens when you give everything to people what they want. That is why God says, ask, seek, and knock. Because somebody that's crying out for something and pleading for something, and when they get it, are they not going to turn to God and say, God, thank you so much. Praise you, God. Is there not a better intimacy there than somebody who's just going, oh, thank you a lot. Well, I didn't really want that present. I wanted this present. There's no intimacy. God seeks intimacy. He lays out the pattern of teaching for prayer and for the things that you need in this way because he wants to be intimate with you. And the second one, as we said, is your desire is not always good for you. Jesus said, if you who are sinful parents know how to give good gifts, your father has more wisdom and understanding than you ever will have as a parent. He knows what will hurt your kids. He knows what will hurt you. How good would our father be if he gave us something knowing that it's going to hurt you? That wouldn't be a good father at all. A good father only gives us what he knows is good for us. This is why he doesn't just give us everything that we desire. 
But if we cry out to God, pleading, seeking fervently, and knock over and over, we will appreciate it. God is saying, I want you to pray in such a way that it draws my attention. Bartimaeus drew the attention of God by knocking. God stopped and said, call him. Do you remember the lady with bleeding blood issue? Have you heard that story? She, was, she had 12 years of bleeding and she was desperate. And she went into a place where she shouldn't have even been because it was against the law for somebody who was bleeding in public. She could have been stoned to death for it, but she seeked out God. She found him and she seeked him and she rushed out to him and touched his cloak. And Jesus didn't even know she was there. She drew his attention. How? By seeking him. And the only way he knew that she was there is because he felt the power draw out of him. She drew the power out of him by seeking him. The Israelites, when they were in, when they were, uh, in, in captivity, they were crying out to God because of the captivity. And what did God say? He said, I have heard the cries of my people. Jesus hears the cries of people. He doesn't hear the demands of people. He doesn't hear the, the blatant lists that we just push out and then tick the box. He wants us to ask, seek, and knock. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be open. It's yours for the taking. Amen. Amen.